0: This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a Media Week magazine podcast. Bit of a rarity lately, but we're here at News Corp. I'm with the Editor-in-Chief of Delicious Magazine, Kerry McCallum. Welcome.
1: Thanks, James. How are you?
0: Very well, thank you. Very well. It's great to get in here. Had a little quick look around the offices here on the way up. It's very exciting. (laughs) We're chatting here in the boardroom. A lot of chairs in here, so you must get some big groups in here. But tell me, the reason I'm here because you're celebrating 15 years of Delicious, yeah?
1: We are. It's a mile, a real milestone, actually. Um, you You've know,
0: been on the journey all the way. No, no, well,
1: I've only I've only been on Delicious two years actually, two years. but it's been a very big two years because 18 months ago, News Corp bought out Delicious from the ABC after many years right. of a joint venture. And so it's been a transformative time, I'd say. Um, so we've you've only done a had lot. I've been here two
0: years. Here. Yeah, should I do had. my research better, shouldn't I? Oh,
1: that's all right. Because
0: I remember. Glad
1: to think you think I'm part of the first.
0: <laughs> well, I remember you left in Style Magazine. I did. Or For...
1: Sunday Style.
0: Oh, for Sunday, so I, yeah, Thursday. moved to News Corp
1: yeah, yeah. to launch Sunday Style. Yeah. That was four years ago now. And which then they
0: which widened started. your role.
1: Correct, and then I, you know, it was very hard to keep doing both. Yes. Um, you know, obviously I've been involved in the Sunday weekly product, well, for four years, but um, gradually, you know, Delicious has become, as we've expanded, a very big role and it's been hard to, you know, keep doing a weekly at the same time as a, as a monthly and a, and a website and a massive social platform and books and books and so on. So, yeah, gradually, bit by bit, Delicious has started to take over for me.
0: Yeah, and it's all coming back to me now, of course. And you know, a shout out to the launch team that did such a good job on for those years before you uh, yes. you arrived. Right? They built yes, a great brand that yes, you right, then exactly. took over. Yeah. Correct. Good save, nearly. Um, so, has the magazine changed much under your direction? Did you go in? You know, because I think of Delicious. I think of um, it's one of the in the cooking range of magazines. It's up. It's one of the upmarket titles. Um, mm-hmm. I think of celebrity chefs, you know. Is that still part of the yes. offering?
1: I mean, some things are very much the same. Um, some things are different because the market's evolved dramatically as has food and f- the food lifestyle culture evolved. I mean, the things that remain the same, there are a lot of uh, contributors that we, we still have to this day, like Matt Preston for example or Matt Moran um, and Valley Little that have been around since Delicious launched. Um, okay. The ethos the, e- the ethos remains the same, you know impressive but effortless food and entertaining. Um, and, you know, the the, the Produce Awards, the, the celebration of seasonality and eating local and championing celebrity, established celebrity chefs and up-and-coming talent, um, that all remains the same. I think what has changed dramatically is um, our growth. Um, we've gone from being the leading premium food magazine to the leading premium food lifestyle platform I guess by launching a website not even 12 months ago now Mm -hmm. Um, you know we've tripled our social following we've we're about to launch our first hardcover book Um, and you know we've launched a a weekly um, delicious on Sunday within the new stellar magazine in the eastern seaboard Sunday masthead so I guess food lifestyle culture has changed since we launched but some things remain the same
0: is my perception that the food sector is one of the magazine areas that's um surviving better than some of the others
1: i'd say yeah i mean i'd say the that that market's booming um you know certain areas of revenue have have declined um but I, i guess the food lifestyle arena and being in particularly in the premium arena um that's that's not declining Mm -hmm. um food lifestyle is very stable if not in growth um so we're we're in a very i guess stable part of the market um and we've got a healthy digital brand as well which is was critical and important um and i you know for us we only see growth um i think Australians have never been more fascinated in food lifestyle mm-hmm. and you know you witness that through ratings on shows like MasterChef or you know f- all of the shows on Foxtel for example when we're certainly not um we're certainly not shying away from that sort of content our appetite if anything's growing for it growing really yeah. you know
0: yeah. how do you um deal with the The challenge of uh, growing your digital audience, but you know, keeping the magazine as your, as I guess the sort of I don't know, as the um, the brand champion or whatever. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean that's something we thought thought very hard about. Um, You know, you don't want to cannibalise the your audience and. We were when we launched our website back in November last year. We were, you know, we were put through the hoops. I guess there was a lot of rigor applied to what are you, what are your nav- your verticals, what's your subnavs, what, who, what audience do you want to attract, and why. And it was really frustrating. You know, I remember tearing my hair out and thinking, thinking, oh, this is so annoying. I'm just going to do it. Just trust me. You know? But, of course, now I'm really glad that all that rigour was put in um, and the audience that we attract. There's only 3% duplication between the monthly print brand and the site, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, we wanted to attract a more youthful audience and also uh, skew more male. Yep. Um, which is working, you know. This month, I think we um, we're reaching twenty eight percent of our audience online is male, and it, you know yeah. that's good. That that's growing because the mag- the monthly magazine is, that is predominantly than the female. Percentage on the magazine. Correct. Right. Um, and I think um, yeah, monthly print certainly we do different different things than what we would do online, and the content that we use online. You know, reflects that. You know, we run recipes like we'll try to crack the Big Mac and its special sauce uh, online, but we wouldn't do that in monthly print. Or we might do some quirky, newsworthy, newsworthy recipes or content that we would never do. You know, in, in the monthly mag. And the monthly mag is a beautiful, premium, luxurious experience, um, predominantly for people who you know want to entertain well. Um, the website services different needs. I yeah. think you know, and and that that was always the intention.
0: Right. Okay. Um, do people like um, different food? Do, do digital audience have different tastes, if you like, mm-hmm. than the magazine audience?
1: Yeah, slightly. Like you get a mix. You get the the, the loyalists who might be searching for a mangu misu recipe from eight years ago online.
0: Oh, hold on. What's that? <laughs>
1: Valley redid, you know, the tiramisu with mango. mango. So there are people that search for classic classic old recipes that will remain popular or have longevity, but... But equally, online um, people are searching for buzzy, quirky news stories or recipes. Like, for example, with Mardi Gras, we did a rainbow cookie. You know, with Australia Day, we might do a, a Vegemite brownie or a you know Vegemite Lamington, uh-huh. and that sort of thing. You know, it tracks really well or is very popular online. Um, quirky combinations like a, you know a gin and tonic tart, actually. Was our most popular Facebook post and, and online recipe ever, and and you know in that way it actually informs the print magazine. We then did a you know a, the gin and tonic tart take two for our May cover, you know in print in monthly print, and it forms this really nice cycle where each really can't live without the other, and each informs and complements the other um, in a really nice way. So really, um, the digital. The digital product can't really live without the monthly print, um, but monthly print equally can't live without the resources and the learnings that we have from digital okay. and social.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. I love uh, talking to editors about their covers, particularly food magazines. It's always really fascinating. Now, before us, we've got four covers from, um, what have we got, August, September, October, and your 15th uh, birthday issue, which yeah. is November. Now, if I'm not mistaken, all four covers feature a dessert.
1: Oh my gosh, they do! <laughs> huh? They do. N- I can't believe n- n- you've, spot- you've spotted that. Oh. Like, well, I thought an- I'd gotten away with
0: it. <laughs> well, I'm guessing that's not a coincidence, is it, or Look, is it?
1: Um, you know, desserts do sell better. Yeah. But you, you do have to try to break it up. I mean, desserts tend not to do well in a February because um, people are coming off the back of the festive season. Yes. They're feeling a bit overweight and bloated uh-huh. and they want eat, to eat light. It's high summer. Right. They don't want a heavy or a, a sweet sort of dessert in February. Um, you know, coming into spring, people want something lighter as well. They're thinking about getting in shape for summer. Um, so, yeah, but you're right. Look, sweets do tend to perform better. But you can't run twelve sweet covers a year, really.
0: I think you would if you had your way. <laughs> Listen, um on I noticed too on two of the covers there's a little inset saying what the photo is. Mm. Not on you don't do that all the time? Either?
1: Well I didn't do it I didn't do it with this August issue because is, I've got a huge that cover the, this is the wicked Snickers stickers pudding. Yeah, yeah. Um And I had that as my big, big sell because I thought that was a really strong sell and I made that the large hero. But if I haven't called it out as the hero on a cover line, Mm -hmm. I make sure that people know what it is. it's that little bit of detail. Correct. I think
0: as a reader, you love those small little totally. facts that pop up on pages. And also,
1: it? people will buy if the recipe intrigues them. Um, that's a selling point as well. Okay. And I think if you look on our October issue, actually, which is this is our Best of Australia, our Best of Oz issue, it's, it's all of our produce awards winners. Mm-hmm. And what we've actually called out is we've created a recipe using, you know, produce awards nominees. So Drysdale cheeses from Victoria and berries from queensland you know yes. so that's yeah. kind of a nice touch we don't usually actually go into the detail about the produce but mm. for this issue you know it, it was relevant and a nice complimentary touch you know
0: okay and so they were, were thrilled yep. yeah they oh, were thrilled. Wow. yeah that was right okay so we're not done with covers just yet i love covers it's okay these <laughs> four dessert covers only one chocolate <laughs> mm. and then it's not all chocolate it's sort of a snickers, snickers chocolate yeah
1: oh yeah come on <laughs> snickers is chocolate Snickers, you know... that, that's an interesting thing, actually. The the Snickers, the revival of the the, the nostalgic flavors, mm-hmm. has been one of the biggest things this year, yeah. um, particularly online. But we've actually now started using it in our covers as well. Where, and I did it here too. I used strawberries and cream yeah, on okay. October. You know that the remember the lolly, the strawberries yeah, and yeah, cream. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you try to use those nostalgic flavors. They're really big selling points, um, particularly for this audience, because people feel nostalgic about a. Market bar or a bounty or a cherry ripe or a sneakers and particularly if you can give them a modern spin on how to make those flavors work it's a talking point at the table when they have people over to entertain yes. and it's a little bit of a something extra but um but still delicious and approachable and and, and identifiable so we actually have been doing quite a lot of twists on nostalgic flavors um, right. yeah okay. lately um and and top restaurants are as well you know you've got ben along's doing the Lamington or the Pav. You know, Chiswick's doing the Rollo, you've got 414 and Super Normal doing their own Snickers twists. Like it's a bit of a g- general trend.
0: I'll come back to those uh, restaurants in <laughs> the link of the magazine in a sec, but, but just before we get off chocolate, I've, in the past I've been led to believe that chocolate is like, I mean, it might be a bad analogy, but heroin for, you know, it, people love it and yeah. they, it'll. You know, but but you've only got one out of four here with Chockey on out of four desserts. Well, this, had a, a,
1: this had a chocolate. This know, has had talking, a lynx tip on. About a, a, um, <laughs> this is um, this is our Italian issue. This is it Mia, a trifle,
0: ricotta and cinnamon trifle
1: with salted amaretto jelly. Okay, there's a chocolate connection. <laughs> there was a lynx chocolate a, bar
0: oh, as see. a gift
1: with purchase no, attached no. Oh, to all this. Right. And did and that, that sell well? Yeah, that's always one of our best-performing um, gift okay. with purchases. We do yeah. one, sometimes two a year, okay. um, and lint, um, lint chocolate, that does really well for us. So there was a nod to chocolate. Okay. Yeah, yeah, all right. So
0: that um, that gift with purchase, speaking of heroin, people can overdo the gift with purchase, can't it? And, it, and you, you risk um, taking away the emphasis on the magazine, is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's probably why we only do one or two a year. Um yeah, actually, we would probably do. Um, we do it. We try to do a, a tip on with or a gift with lint um, every year, and that's to drive um, drive sales and also encourage um, people that may not have trialled or sampled the magazine before. Yeah. It's just that extra incentive at stand to give it a go if right. they haven't sampled it. And, you know, your hope is that people might pick it up for that, but then they get inside and they look at it and think, oh, this is great, I'm going to get it again. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's a good way to try to attract new readers. Yeah,
0: because the first thing I do when I'm, if I'm at the supermarket and the checker and the newsagent, because we still love newsagents, I'll do the math in my head. I'll go, oh, look, this bar of chocolate, do you put that on the, what it's worth? Some magazines put Some, what the, oh, the we, gifts worth.
1: We don't, because, look, a bar of chocolate isn't, is 't worth a great deal it's not oh, like it's worth on. it's worth50 dollars like it but it, I it's know, just but still
0: it's, I do the math you look at what's linked four bucks maybe 450 <laughs> and I go I take that off your cover price which is 750 <laughs> and I'll say oh look I'm getting a magazine for three dollars or something I think point like that
1: out that our cover price is I think very competitive
0: right mm, uh-huh. If you
1: look at the market. there's
0: not a lot under 10 bucks these days no, in this in the in the sector you're competing in Right. we
1: have held and I think that's something we're quite proud of.
0: Are they um, fights you have with your publisher? Do you well not fights but certainly you know, we have debates, discussion perhaps. and debate? And they sit down yeah. and you have to look at P and L's and they say, Look, if we've put the price up, look what happens. Yeah, or if
1: you're not meeting budget and what have you, that can be a, a result uh-huh. of that. But we've been able to hold um, we've got very, very um, devoted readers mm-hmm. and you know, you try at all costs not to put your prices up and we I don't think we we haven't put our price up in years. Um, really? So okay. I think $7.50 now for a premium magazine of great qualities, I think excellent.
0: I hope <laughs> management don't listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> Kerry, you might, might be getting a memo quite shortly. Um, okay, yeah, just on that point you raised, you mentioned some restaurants, um, what, Sydney restaurants, how Sydney centric can you be or have you got to keep it in mind that you've got readers everywhere
1: no we're national mm-hmm. so we certainly but in have
0: mindset right you you think national
1: we have to you're, think national yeah. yeah and we make sure you know one of the one of the, the best ways for us to remain mindful of other states is through our reader events so okay. delicious has it's you know and it's something that we want to grow in future as well is our experiential side of the business Um Probably out of any magazine I've edited, um, delicious reader events actually sell out, and often before the magazine even goes on sale. Um, so you you know you have subscribers that will pay two hundred and fifty dollars mm. to have dinner at Veu de with Shannon Bennett, and uh-huh. th- that can sell out before you How even much? hit two hundred and fifty dollars. Which isn't for four a bad deal, is a it? Well, it's great you you get to meet Including Shannon. Wine. You hear concluding wine. Mm. And, but you know that, that those events do sell out, mm. um, and and we have them around the country, yes. and it means you know we get to know the other chefs, um, we get to know other venues. Um, we're reviewing international, we're reviewing nationally as well, and it's really important um, that not all those events are in Sydney. And you know the readers will really give it to us as well. If we have a, yeah. a string of events in Sydney, they get mm. quite frustrated. Mm. Um, and in fact, interestingly, Melbourne is—we um, have a much bigger following on Facebook in Melbourne than we do in Sydney, which okay. is interesting. Oh, yeah. I think you know there's a lot to be said. It's all anecdotal, obviously. The whole People say Melbourne, thing, correct? Foodies, a great food culture, correct? Yeah. Um, so Melbourne's a very important audience for us, and you know half of our contributors are from Melbourne. Um, you know, so it's it's no, it's critical that we think national. And you're right; you have to put yourself. You have to make your, you know, you you and your staff, you have to drive yourselves to stop thinking just in Sydney. It has to be um, something that we're using contacts all over the country. And particularly even for the produce awards, our judges, you know, we have state judging panels in every state, and they filter back information on restaurants or trends and producers too to us.
0: Okay. Mm. Do restaurants like getting their recipes In the magazine, or do some restaurants think we don't really, you know, we'd rather keep how we make this stuff, you know, just to ourselves?
1: Um, Look, there's no danger of that because what we have to do is, I guess, disseminate the trends for them and make it applicable to a home cook. So we really only work with chefs who understand that we have to uh, make it approachable and achievable for a home cook. We can't just run the recipe. Um, from the chef's kitchen verbatim, because no oh, okay. one's ever going to attempt it. So there's there's not that danger of them giving away all their trade secrets. Really. Um, no one's ever going to cook like that anyway. Uh-huh. Um, the chefs that we work with get that we have to break down the trends for the home cook. So we okay. we make, it, make easier it easier and more approachable with that general so original, vein and ethos.
0: Their original creation remains sort of exclusive. Yeah, you and have a version correct. of it that, that people could
1: <laughs> Correct. To I mean, we might occasionally run one of those really, really long recipes online. Yeah. Like, might be, you know, a, a Peter Gilmore Master Chef okay. recipe. Yeah. Very few people will ever cook that. And to be honest, people would probably stop reading the magazine if I printed those really long recipes. Because. It's just they're never going to attempt it. It's We've got to be impressive, but we've got to be effortless. Yeah. So it's got to be something that people feel that they can achieve in a reasonably short time frame as well. And they, they want to cook. They want to be influenced by the chefs for sure, but they don't need to replicate exactly what they're getting in a restaurant. You know?
0: What's the attention span of the home cook? Have they got to be able to do it within, I don't know, half hour, 45 Mid, minutes? Midweek,
1: yeah. It's got to be, okay. uh, you, you know, you aim what, for around 30 I minutes. I don't
0: mean till the dish is finished. Till yeah. The, no, midweek,
1: but, you aim for around 30 minutes. Right. So and, and that that's includes
0: what, when the dish is ready, right? Yeah, and, and that's ready? what we
1: aim for. Yeah. Say with Delicious on Sunday, which is mm-hmm. in Stella, yeah. uh, we do a, a Monday to Friday midweek meal plan with a top chef. Yeah. We rotate our top chefs. Okay. And we try to keep them, you know, no more than 30 minutes. Um, Weekends, people will spend a bit longer. And I think, look, the delicious cook, they're a more competent cook um, in in terms of the category. So they'll probably, out of anyone, be more likely to put in a bit more time, but um, not necessarily during the week. That's a weekend, um, you know, something pleasurable they might do on the weekend.
0: Okay, so that... Delicious on Sunday, so it's a section of the new Stella magazine, right? Correct. That uh dedicated you sort of design those pages, your team and
1: correct just yeah.
0: hand it over to uh yeah, Stella.
1: Yeah, so we um we worked um we built Stella yeah. and we also built Delicious on Sunday to make sure that they were complementary in terms of colours and fonts, mm-hmm. but that they were separate offerings. Yeah. And you know, so that people felt that they're almost getting two offerings in one product. Sure. And the Delicious on Sunday team sits with the delicious, you know, the rest of the delicious mm-hmm. team mm-hmm. and produces new, it's not repurposed content, it's brand new, fresh content every week. Um, and um, we work closely with the Stella team, but also independently, I guess. So
0: there are dedicated people to that. So you don't yeah. just work here. Your no. other slave's harder. No, a, no. We people. actually,
1: the, you know, the papers invested, um, yeah. and we 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 hired a, we had a, a new team. It's a small team, but yeah. we hired a team to work on that. Um, and the chefs are doing completely original recipes for it. So. Yeah, that was pretty exciting actually. But all of that content then lands um, on delicious.com.au. So again, it's all you know, we're pointing from social to delicious on Sunday and then delicious on Sunday to delicious.com.au. So it all keeps moving around the system um, and it's complementary.
0: Okay. Um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, so the, the chef so a chef gives a men a rest a menu outline for a week in that delicious on okay. Sunday, right?
1: Monday to Friday meal plan because you know on yeah. Sundays all the research that we did when we were building Stella is that Sunday is the day that people plan, plan. their week ahead. Okay. They plan the person they want to be, they plan the meals they want to cook, they're probably also more likely to do their grocery shopping mm-hmm. on a Sunday. So we, you know, we identified that food was a critical part of that Sunday mindset. Um, and the Monday to they, they plan, they sometimes freeze ahead as well, right. particularly working mothers. I'm a freeze aheader. Yes. <laughs> um, you, you know, you freeze ahead, and and if you've got your Monday to Friday meal plan sorted, and you we even do a shopping list as well for it, um, and um, that's sponsored by Woolworths so that you can pretty much get any of those ingredients you know we translate those ingredients that the chefs might suggest getting something from an asian grocer for example we'll translate it for a woolworth's ingredient and make sure that anyone can go into their grocery on a sunday and and get those ingredients
0: do you have a deal with any retailers do you make sure your readers go to woolies
1: well, or we don't have a
0: preferred um, we, supplier. Yeah,
1: we we don't we don't do that from the chefs' recipes because the chefs, um, you know, okay. recommend what they yep. want, okay. but they've got a very small space to do it uh-huh. in. But we will then take yeah. Woolworths have bought the shopping list in Delicious oh, okay. on Sunday. Yep. They sponsor. We pro- we create that for them. Um, And what we'd like to work towards is we decode it for what is in supermarkets and then hopefully the reader will eventually be able to scan and shop from the page Um, oh, wow. They can download and b- purchase that whole shopping list and have it delivered to them. Yeah. Um, and so making that whole cycle so easy, so someone can cook Monday to Friday. We're no. showing that it's really easy to do, rather than, for example, buy takeaway or you know get that frozen dinner. Sure. Um, you can cook like a chef Monday to Friday. Get the ingredients delivered to your door and, and get people to start cooking more. You know. Um,
0: can you get good frozen dinners? Just <laughs> side, I don't think so. No. It I, don't, I don't know. Segment.
1: Actually, I haven't. <laughs>
0: I've never done it. But I shouldn't say I just it's wonder. been a long time, no. maybe
1: university, since yeah, I've done it. I'm sure that. some of
0: the woolly stuff's good. <laughs> hey, listen, the, the reason I asked about the chefs is um, oh, I've forgot my train of thought now. Yeah, the so they come in. Do you ever have to help the chefs out? Because, like, have, have some stuff so you can talk to them about, okay, what do you think about this? Because I'm guessing these guys don't always rock up and go, yeah. Here's my four weeks' food. Here's how you do it. Blah, blah, blah.
1: Oh, yeah, we hustle them. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're really <laughs> busy. Give them some
0: ideas. Oh,
1: I guess, yeah. Like, we'll. Because we'll you've got a
0: data bank. How many recipes you've got in here online? Yeah, you've got, I guess so. You know the number, don't you? Where you get 100,000 so or something? Online, we've got oh, yeah. yeah.
1: six <laughs> and a half thousand. Oh,
0: close. Hundred six and a half.
1: Um, but we, yeah, like we it, each chef's quite different, and we have different relationships with all the chefs. Like some
0: made a little bit more. Well,
1: some will go out to dinner with and have you okay. know ha- have a laugh and have uh-huh. a brainstorm yes. and well, come yeah. up with some crazy uh-huh. stuff. Um, others will have quite a particular or have quite a particular brief in mind. Like we might say, "Listen, we want you to do Christmas sides," you know, um, or we want you to write about your trip to Greece, yes. or we want you to talk about you know Turkey and how that influenced this yeah. recipe. Yeah. So so some briefs that we give the chefs are quite particular. Others are, are open-ended and that's when it's a bit of a brainstorm. And, yeah, like we're all – we have to chase, like you ch- chase with any contributor, I guess, or any writer um, because they're really busy and you, you're like, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> um, and then, you know, but they I, – I think the, the chefs that we work with really enjoy – and are quite interested in the process that we use um, and even interested in how we shoot food and style food and, and so on. Um, and it's collaborative. I guess, you know, you probably wouldn't be working together if you didn't have that good kind of synergy or collaboration, sure. really.
0: Let's play on chefs briefly. The um, chefs have managers now, don't they, a lot of oh, these yeah, guys? yeah, I mean, there's Chefs Inc. in there's Melbourne. Superstars. There's <laughs> So, I mean, is it getting, you know, do you sometimes deal with the agent, sometimes direct with the chef?
1: Uh, A bit of both, yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you'll go just because you you might be friends with the chef and you Mm -hmm. might say, hey, how about this? And they're like, yeah, great. And then the agent's like, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you're like, oh, sorry. But, um, you know, that sometimes stuff comes about just when you're out chatting, you know. Um, So, yeah, chefs have quite strict agents, you know. We get on well with them all. um, And, and, you know, yeah, these guys are busy now. They command um, a lot of attention and they command a lot of, um, you know they're very desirable to a lot of clients. Um, clients are more and more asking us to create bespoke events with these mm-hmm. with these people. Um, so you know we're, we're respectful of that and their time because they're important to what we do. Yeah. Um, you know we heckle them a little bit and have. But a you're, fun. at the
0: same time, I guess you're important to them too because yeah, you it's, do it's, it's you mutually, can boost the profiles. Yeah,
1: correct. It's mutually beneficial, and they you know they enjoy. That reach and that side of the relationship, and a lot of the chefs that we work with understand that, you know, it, it adds a different portfolio to their work. You know, it's yeah. you know it's something that extends their their career opportunities and their exposure, and that's um, you know that's valuable to them as well. So the, no, it's it's a mutually beneficial yeah. relationship, and you know, pretty much, you know, everyone there's so many people we'd love to be part of delicious you know it's more a limit on page space that you or or, or, you know
0: are Your chefs all Aussie. Do you have any internationals? Oh, Jamie's.
1: Stuff? Um, Jamie sure Oliver's yeah. not, but no. you know he almost is. Yeah. And then, um, Jamie's Jamie's been a long term contributor. I mean, we we work with other people. You used to have Gordon
0: Ramsay in the old days, didn't you? Was his brand dead in the Aussie? Think? Is no, there?
1: I actually we just did a um great cover story with him for Delicious on Sunday, maybe two two oh, two really? or three weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, Look, no, I, I think Gordon's great. It's just he's you know he's he hasn't opened anything. Mm. He's talking about opening something okay. here. Yes. Um, you know, we've done a few recipe. We do a few odd recipe features with people like Jason Atherton who opened Kensington Street Social or. Mm-hmm. Um, Marco, Pierre White, or Nigella when she's here. Oh, yes. we, we occasionally yeah. do... Okay. Like, we did a great reader event with Nigella when she was here. Um, so, no, definitely, you know, international chefs. Rick Stein yeah. we do a fair okay. bit with. Um, He's almost Aussie now. Isn't yeah, he? almost. Yeah. He's got banisters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, no, we, we definitely... W- when they're around and when they can and when, when it works for us too, we, we work we work with them.
0: Okay. Yeah. How many nights a week are you hanging out with these people at you know... Australia's best restaurant. Too
1: many. <laughs> that's why there's no new photo of me, James. I've been eating and drinking too much. <laughs>
0: we had a little debate before this podcast started about the editor's photo on the editor's page. But we've I'm moved, out of shape, that's why. We have moved on. Um, I had a question. A um, couple more quick things on chefs. Who's the most expensive chef to work with? Who, oh, who, who earns the most, you reckon?
1: Oh, I can Jamie Oliver um, because, yeah, look, he's, um, he's very influential. We yeah. probably uh, achieve the most traffic um, and, 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 and success digitally, socially, and in print with really Jamie. Like um, he's just very popular. Yeah. Um, yeah. His, his recipes continue. I guess they fit that ethos of impressive but effortless. I think people really relate to him. Um, so I, I'd say Jamie. Yeah. What about
0: Australians who's up there? Who would be? Yeah, without giving away traits. I mean, near yeah, the, like, Hawaii, I mean probably who's near the, top probably, the
1: probably the people that we we use. Um, we right. use the most credible but popular. So Shannon Bennett, and Matt Moran. Okay. Fast, Matt Preston, people like that. Um, Fass uh, is uh, Colin Fast, yeah. is it? Sure. Yes. Yeah. The Fast, Fast <laughs> Bender. Um, they're they're popular, but they're credible, and I think that's yep. important. And they also understand reaching a commercial audience. You know, okay. they they understand that we have to have that that widespread appeal. Yes. Um, and they're also very good with the readers. You know, like they will actually chat to them at events and have photos and and talk and have that relationship with the reader as well. Um, and I think it's because they've had that exposure via television, you know, to that broader audience, mm. so they understand mm. that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd say that, that those guys.
0: Who's been the most fastidious chef when it comes to you know notes and preparation? And is there anyone who sort of stands out as mm. really being, and they're always seem to be on time, and they just deliver the whole package? Do you thing?
1: Know who's the most fastidious? Although he's not a chef, but he almost is. Okay is our butcher, Anthony Parish oh, really? From Victor Churchill. Oh, now, he okay. does a column with Colin fastenage uh-huh. and their banter is very entertaining because yes. fastenage is, you know, completely creative and wild card, mm-hmm. and Paharic is the very fastidious, very on time, okay. you know, yep. very, you know, puts in all that background. And the two of them banter really well and then come up with a recipe at the end. Yeah. So I reckon Anthony Paharich is probably the most fastidious of our contributors. Really? No, yeah. So you
0: got a few outlets?
1: Well, he's got Victor Churchill um, and yeah and opening I think with Bourdain in New York um, oh, wow. but Vic's meats obviously supply to a lot of the top restaurants around probably you know majority so of the top of restaurants around the country well. yeah. yeah so he he supplies um, you know a, a large portion of the country's yeah. meat
0: <laughs> you mentioned Anthony Bourdain do you do much with him
1: no but we have interviewed him for a cover story coming up because oh, really? um, no, okay. he's he's got a book coming out for the first time in uh-huh. like 10 years yeah. he's a quirky character an interesting mm-hmm. guy um, mm-hmm. we don't do recipe features with him because I don't think necessarily his recipes might be right for our reader right. yeah. but he's someone who's very interesting as yes. a profile
0: yeah so I'm, I'm lucky enough to have interviewed him and he's really? a, yeah he's a great guy and yeah. gee whez his TV shows so I mean wow just, and his book, you can watch him again and again
1: yeah like his book was one of I remember, I just remember, I read so many books, there's so few that I remember because mm. I've got a brain <laughs> like a sieve. But I remember that book and, um, you know, reading it, living in New York, and it mm. had a lasting impression on me. And mm. I just... Um, it's had a
0: wild life, huh? Yeah. 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 That's
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: um, So where are we going with this? Now, Some you mentioned before briefly the person that wins MasterChef, mm. part of the prize is a column in Delicious, mm. right? Mm. Now, is the contract for, what, 12 months, six months? What's the deal? 12
1: months, yeah. So we've just started... Actually, our November issue, which is our 15th birthday Mm -hmm. issue, um, is the first issue where Elena Duggan debuts her column, uh, so she won um, MasterChef this year, but it also signals the end of Billy McKay's column with mm-hmm. us. Um, and Billy's been fantastic. In fact, she's someone who's got a natural knack for writing recipes and right. she's got a great eye and we will probably, hopefully, continue to do um, the odd recipe feature with her going forward. But, okay. um, yeah, Yelena's just started in November, so you'll see her first um, recipe
0: Billy's been working with Heston Blumenthal, Correct. is that right? She
1: was at the Fat Dark. In fact, I tried to get her to write a blog for us online about that experience, but and she was keen. I think she got over there, though, and the contract pretty much said, oh, okay. you can't talk about mm. what happens in this kitchen yes. anywhere. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know the details of what it's been like. I know um, she's enjoyed it, but mm. I, th- I don't think she can talk too much about it because okay. of her contract.
0: It's, the whole MasterChef thing fascinates me. It's the, it's the one food show I do really persevere with and sit through all the episodes. And just the careers, that the life stories of these people after the show. I mean, just reading the other, I can't remember her name, but someone's now becoming a, a well-known in India, setting up a business. Did you see that story the other day? One of the girls... Marion?
1: No. No. no she's, well, I mean, she's the, the violent, judges, right? they're obsessed with the judges mm. in India.
0: Mm. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Matt
1: Preston and George Columba, they go yeah. over there regularly and mm. um, they're mobbed, right. you know? Yeah. They, they were there in India and Pakistan, I think, mm-hmm. um, mm. or Bangladesh yeah. recently. Yeah. But, um, yeah, look, in, in speaking of Master Chef, you know, um, contestants, Hayden Quinn's another... Um, yes. Former Master Chef yeah. contestant, we've signed for Delicious like on it. Sunday, and yeah. he writes the old travel piece for us too because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he's got his new show surfing the menu. Yes. Um, you know, Andy at Three Blue Ducks at Rosebury, he was, uh, mm-hmm. I think, a former winner. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a few people that are suit delicious. I mean, it's in- definitely interesting to see what they go on to do. Um, sure. And, you know, uh, they might end up on different brands or in different places. But, yeah. um, okay. I mean, even the Great Australian Bake Off, we have a partnership with too. And um, we're integrated in their finale. And the winner from last year, Sean Redgrave, did a recipe for us Um She's probably going to be doing more things with us over time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it definitely is something I watch as well um, to see and identify who's someone that would suit us and work with us. Sure.
0: Okay. Have you ever pitched a delicious um, TV show? Oh,
1: of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's something You'd like that. To see that if one, I would. Yeah. I think this would really suit television. I see how this brand could work on yeah. television. Yeah. Um, it's, when we're in, we are in discussions actually okay. um, it you know it's something that is a goal it's just since we bought the brand 18 months ago we've had to do a lot of other stuff fast like you know we had to really increase our social following and build a brand new website and launch the book and the book and the Sunday lift out so we've done a lot mm-hmm. in a short space of time and I but I would say that's something that I know you know we are we are talking to a few people yeah. about the wow. television show yeah that's
0: good. Okay, look, um, let's just talk a little bit quickly about the uh, birthday edition. Mm-hmm. What, so you went into that, is it, is it a big chunky special or is it, what, what have you done oh, I to that differentiate? it? bigger than
1: normal, um, you know, it's not, uh, you know, I think it's just. The really cost
0: special. more than normal?
1: Yeah, you know, special foil.
0: Do the price? <laughs>
1: No, we didn't. No, you didn't. That's, oh, okay. um, you know, but we met budget, which was great. That's always a good thing, yes, isn't it? Okay. Because
0: <laughs> I'm guessing that might have been a good sales tool for your your sales reps to go to people. Look, this is our 15th
1: yeah, look, birthday it, edition. Look, Bye-bye. it is, and it's exciting. And I think um, you know the content inside is very exciting, and it's a really good issue. Um, and I, I think it's also fantastic and complimentary in that it's all about celebrating. Um, and it's coming out in November, which is that celebrating time of year and it also coincides with will be with out in October
0: launch. though, won't it?
1: Correct. Yeah. But you know, you're leading into that festive yeah, but season. It's the
0: November cover date when you go Correct.
1: out. Yeah, late late October. It's
0: late October, so it's still a okay.
1: Yeah, not too far. All right. And okay. then but you know, it also coincides with um the launch of At Our Table, which is our first hardcover book, um, with Harper Collins and yes. that is all about celebrating and and entertaining so that all these you know things collide and we've got this amazing event um to to celebrate as well 15th birthday that matt preston's hosting actually at pier one um, very soon with a lot of cool surprises for our readers and vip contributors as well i think you know what that's another good thing about the delicious brand is that you know it's it is inclusive and everyone is welcome at our table and it's nice to name the book like that but also nice to be able to open that event to readers as well to celebrate with us
0: okay um so the book extract um now the ultimate birthday cake tell us a little bit now is that what's on the cover
1: yes this Ah. birthday cake is amazing in fact my daughter has requested this cake for her ninth birthday party oh wow (laughs) Um, It's a little more complicated than the usual cake, but it's worth it. It's just that little bit more special. Um, And, you you know, you'll see it on the cover of the book with flowers and Persian fairy floss and the confetti. Uh Um, But, you know, that that cover from the, the 15th birthday issue actually comes from our hardcover book. It's oh, okay. an extract. Um, we've got a happy birthday chapter in our hardcover book, and we've extracted it for the first time in the November issue. Yes. And we've used the extract on the cover, and there's a beautiful happy birthday chapter on the inside. So it's just, you know, that perfect kind of all the world's colliding situation, yeah. okay. you know, really.
0: Oh, nice. You Travel's a fairly important part Correct. of your offering, yeah. isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yep. Well, I mean, travel food is like the number three pe- reason people travel, or Australians travel. Yeah, what's one and two? Um, budget and safety. Really, but food, budget and safety. but food comes before budget, natural attractions. Food comes. Well, we were just talking about. We were just talking about why you wouldn't go places, and safety is a factor to you. That sounds fair.
0: I'd like to get that. (laughs)
1: That was um, Australian tourism. I think Tourism Australia did a study about that. And um, but people will travel for food above natural attractions, which is incredible. Mm. So you know, food and you know, traveling through the lens of food is you know incredible. In fact, we beefed up the travel section, you know, eighteen months ago as Uh a result of those findings, and and also the readers affluent. um, They. travel for new experiences and adventures, and and food and drink is a really big part of that. Right, You know, so we have to have that offering, and a lot of our contributors are traveling regularly and have that great eye and that great, like Matt Preston, for example, has just written um, in that, you know, in our Christmas issue about traveling to San Fran, and I mean, who better to give you the guide to San Fran than, you know, Matt Preston, you know, it's, you're getting that extra edge and that extra insight into a destination, really.
0: You mentioned your readers are affluent. Who are more affluent, your readers or gourmet travellers?
1: Um, well, we've got more of those affluent readers. Yes. Oh, really? um, it's just okay. where I guess Delicious is that unique um, unique mix. It's very rare, in fact, where it's broad reaching, it has mass appeal, um, but it's also incredibly affluent and sits in a premium bracket. And that's a really hard thing to achieve. Generally, mm. you know, the premium on the prestige mags are quite niche and small. Uh, whereas delicious is not, and I think that's a really great line to straddle. Yes. Um, appealing, you know, for a number of reasons, really.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's sort of uh, covered a lot of that, hasn't it? The um, are there are there separate celebrations online for your fifteenth? Yeah, or?
1: yeah. It's celebrations or <laughs> we've got we've got a bit of a social campaign happening. We're going to be revealing a few of the fun things that are happening at the fifteenth birthday online. Mm-hmm. I mean. I don't want to give it all away. Okay. Because but there's going to be... stuff coming. Yeah, there's stuff coming online and in social.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, you know, we'll probably... Uh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, and it's sort of a little bit of a countdown as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Now, monthly magazines, you have weird deadlines, don't you? Because you need to work a long way in advance. I'm so guessing... I'm guessing with this food stuff in particular, because some of it's so detailed Correct. and you know, you'd be working into shooting 2017, or yeah. oh, are you yeah. still in the end of the shoe?
1: Well, we have a December January combined issue. <laughs> so we're shooting the so end of, of the issues
0: a year? Correct. Nothing. So
1: we're shooting the last bits of December January now. Okay. But you know, I had Christmas ham yesterday right? for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> eggs and christmas ham for lunch it was great i like i can't get enough christmas ham, so i'm happy with that i actually love christmas so christmas could just go on and on for me like i love that it starts Mm. now and i just we're shooting it now and i get to think about it for the next few months i feel very sad when christmas is over yeah
0: i'm just just trying to work out your life so 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 so, just apart from the other stuff but you're sitting in here you've got the what do you call it, test kitchen, you know, delicious kitchen, so you're scoffing down all this great stuff at lunch, you must get home and go, oh, look, I'm over it. Fend for yourself for dinner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> you know, look, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm the best cook on the weekend. So yeah, I, I okay. cook endlessly. Yeah. Um, and then Monday to Friday, it's um, I've got help.
0: What sort of a um, sh- chef or cook were you before you arrived at Delicious?
1: Uh, I'm an avid cook ever were, since so I was were, a kid, yeah. So that yeah. helps
0: you get the gig, you think?
1: Um, yeah, actually... Did you ask the cook
0: for no, but when
1: when Nicole spoke to me about Nicole, Nicole Sheffield Sheffield spoke, Sheffield. To, spoke to me about this job, I was like, "And what?" She's like, "Oh, you're always talking about food, and you're mm. always hanging out with chefs." Mm. And like, and I thought, oh, "I am. I. Mm. I mean, I cook avidly, and um, look, I have done from a young age." And I just thought everyone did, um, but people were yeah. quite surprised that I cooked because I'd worked in fashion, and I thought, "Well,
0: and you didn't use the cooking skills there much, right?" For the I job, do, I, or did you?
1: Well, no, but you know, I think it all goes hand in hand on fashion or women's magazines. Everyone's particular about everything. You know, they don't mm-hmm. they they're very they're, they're very avid foodies, all the people I've worked with on fashion titles because they like quality things. You yeah. know, they they eat well, they travel well, they dress their houses well, they have nice wardrobes, they care about everything. So. I just, that was just always a factor of life. But, you know, I was, yeah, I grew up with, you know, a mother and a nana that taught me to cook really early on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just just always have. I never, you know, maybe people didn't know about that, but I don't think fashion and food are exclusive, you know. Right. I think they're complementary, actually. Sure. And there's a lot of synergies.
0: Okay. Um, just one more final thing on the cover. We talked about desserts that work, but when you're going, what what main course do you call them? What... What do you? What things work in terms of you know what do you call savoury main course?
1: Look, um, there are things we we never use seafood on the cover. That's quite polarising. Really? Yeah, people either hate it or love it. Mm -hmm. So you've got to go for something that has the broadest appeal possible.
0: Because some vegetarians eat seafood, don't they? Yeah,
1: it's just. It's polarizing, whereas chicken is not polarizing. So, like, for example, we did a chicken curry this Mm. year. Um, There are other odd things that don't work, like an egg doesn't work. People don't like to see a runny egg, Mm. (laughs) even though eggs are trending, you know. Um, So there are things that just subconsciously turn people off that you get the hang of avoiding. Um, Mm. But if you go for a protein, um, like things like a beautiful roast chicken or a twist on a roast chicken is probably a goer in terms of a savory dish. We had a really successful Savory tart, or savory kind of, um, you know, the new take on a quiche, or a or new take on a pie. Um, things like that can be yeah. successful. Um,
0: What's uh, more important, the photograph of a dish or the actual dish itself? Because I'm guessing you could have a really good dish, but if it's not photographed, it's yeah. it's no one's going to
1: yeah both. go and, for it. And the thing, you know, the thing is to um, it does it's also it doesn't. It does matter, but no one will know if it tastes really yummy and that, you know, that we might talk about, oh, that tastes so great. But if it looks terrible, we can't put it on the cover because no one mm. will even think it's going to mm. taste delicious. So mm. the photo's is critical um, and the styling of the food's critical and even the angle too, like as right. in trying to shoot into the food, getting a few drips.
0: How long would a cover shoot go for, uh, for a... For one of these covers, you think? Well, and how many frames would you try, like to have to choose
1: from? Yeah, we try to identify in the shoots that we're doing what we think will be a cover winner. Mm-hmm. And then
0: do you have plan A, plan B? Correct. So you Correct. could have fallbacks in case the yes. shoot for what yeah. you wanted isn't great? That's
1: right. And then if all fall through, you'll have to do another shoot. Really? But generally, and what will often happen too, is the thing that you don't plan for actually looks amazing. <laughs> but mm-hmm. we, we will identify sort of three or four things that we think are going to be a great sell. Okay. Um, maybe one of those doesn't look as good for a cover. Um, so you're left with sort of two. And we test our covers too. Yeah. We test them um before we send them to print. So you kind of um that, that's always good to have two or three options, which I didn't always have with when, when you're shooting people. Yeah. Um you know, you either get the, the shot of the person or you don't um and you've got one person. Yeah. Like whereas food you you have sort of one or two. Sometimes you might have three great cover options if you're lucky. It's just getting everyone to agree. Um, yeah. And testing there's a lot of stakeholders that will weigh into covers and testing is the best way to get, um, you know, to to sort of reinforce what I'm feeling, I think. Um, I often think I know this is the winner and testing will usually confirm that.
0: Have you ever been overruled with a cover? Either by a vote of your team or... I don't You put know, it to Nicole the team.
1: or someone. I don't put it to the team, but, okay. yeah, yeah, definitely we will have arguments yeah. um, with the key stakeholders. So, you know, you've got your publisher, your CEO, yeah. your circ director yeah. um, that you have so to have really fight for. they all have insights correct. right
0: too, so and you've got to listen to correct. them. Correct,
1: and they all do have valid and interesting points of view. The problem is they're often different. Yeah. So you have to all kind of collectively make a decision. And sometimes I'll ask them, look, this is tested well, but I actually think this is the winner. That's when you'll go to your hmm. your publisher or your CEO and say, mm-hmm. "Look, you know, I'm going to overrule the testing here. Are you okay with that?" And um, is,
0: is Nicole Sheffield the ultimate decider if there's a couple of options that?
1: Yeah, probably. I mean, Nicole and and Fiona Nielsen, my publisher, okay, are, yep. like they they would kind of um, you know Nicole pretty much trusts by the time it gets yeah. to her. You um, you know she, she's taken still, it that
0: far, though, Yeah, she'll
1: know the rigor that can, we put into it. They've given you
0: the job, so yeah. they think you're.
1: But she'll still have an opinion, and she might not like everything, but okay. she'll say, okay, when you go back to her and you might say, well, we've done this, this, and this, and this, she'll go, yeah, okay, stick with that. Right. Um, but Nicole actually chose this Snickers pudding one.
0: Really? Yeah. Okay. And
1: interestingly, that did not test as well as a roast chicken one, and in the end, we decided to overrule the testing, and we went. Really? Yeah, and Nicole said to me, go with that. Mm-hmm. That's the best one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she had some really good insights as to why to choose that um, that were, were interesting and valid. So, yeah, like we, you know, everyone's got a different opinion. Sure. Um, and you have to, you know, wade through that and use everything you can at your disposal and ultimately make the, the best decision that you can. But, you know, no one ever covers a like, wish, if only you had a crystal ball, really. Mm. I think any editor would tell you mm. <laughs> there's no exact science and weather, mood... Politics, mm. anything can influence cover purchasing decisions really and I remember when I was editing InStyle we put um we had an umbrella that was a gift with purchase tip on yeah. that had done really well on whatever, Murray Claire or something mm. six months before. Right. And we thought, yeah, this is a winner and then it didn't rain for like the no. whole month and it was a bomb. You know, whereas you could have a month where it rained mm. and a lot of people bought it and sampled the product and then, you know, you There's get that follow through. Chocolates a
0: go or whatever the weather, right?
1: <laughs> Yeah, and you get people coming back, you know, um, yes, after okay. they've sampled it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's good. Look, I think that's uh, we've covered all bases there, um, Kerry. It's just fantastic stuff. So watch out for Delicious. It's the November edition, on sale in the back half of October, sometime. Mid, yeah, mid October. Yep we'll we'll uh, give you the exact date in the uh, the program notes when we put this podcast up. But uh, could you? I mean, because it's pretty exciting working on a food magazine. Could, would it be would it be almost a bit dull going into another genre after spending, you know, all this time in food? But, you,
1: know, you know what? This is this this in a way is almost a new new genre for me. That's well, so what I mean? But it, yeah, it's imp- been exciting. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very we, exciting to go back
0: into non-food. Where it's yeah, I don't
1: know. It'd be hard. Like I've got to say, it's pretty wild and pretty fabulous and pretty fun. Mm. And I'm thoroughly, yeah, it's it's a pretty wicked world. I love it. Yes. You know? Yeah. A lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Good stuff. Alright, well thank you for that. And again, a shout out to Trudy Jenkins, I think, was yeah. the, was she the she launch was. editor? Yes. Yeah. Well, t- she yes. there, yeah. Was so she there for, yeah. So she did a great job yeah, building the branch. She's got a new venture up too. I can't remember she what it was. Her and Karen Altumine. McCartney, I oh, think. Yes. She had yes. Hard to Find, right. that, that yes. great online yes. service, yes. and she sold that. Yeah, that's right. And now her and Karen McCartney, who I think, no was way. the editor of Inside, Inside Out. out. Yeah, Karen was Might have even been the launch editor of Inside but maybe not, but she was there for a while. Yeah. And she's written some great books too on, arc, on Australian homes, yeah, arc, Karen. She's a very but those two are up to something, so <gasps> oh, watch out for that. I yeah. can't
1: wait to see because they're both very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah they'll be interesting.
0: All right, Kerry, look, thanks for speaking to us now and all the best.
1: Thanks, James.